Welcome back from vacation. Hey, thank you. I didn't even know you were on vacation until I saw pictures of you being on vacation. <laughs> that is that is by design for most people. It's not by design for you, but it's by design for most people. Why? Is it the like, I don't know, criticizing you here? Is it like yeah, the yeah. don't tell people I'm away so they won't rob me thing? A little bit of that, All which right. I will be the first to tell you is a little tinfoil hat. No, no argument. It's a little uh-huh. tinfoil hat, but you know, it, it is possible to look up my my home address if you are if you are willing to do a lot of research. Casey, and don't I'm, I'm, encourage this. I was about to say, I literally was about to say, I do not encourage this, but it is a thing that one could do. And and so because of that, I typically prefer not to announce when we are gone until after we are home. And now I'm um, so yeah, we're starting off hot. We're starting off with some hot takes. I kind of don't love when every moment of someone's vacation is broadcast to the internet. Oh, I, I'm sorry for your service, I guess. <laughs> I just, I feel like, I feel like it's a little bit tacky and maybe that's because I'm always at home and I'm jealous. Maybe that's because I'm a judgmental jerk. Maybe that's for any number of reasons, but I, I don't love it when every moment of a, of a person's vacation is being live streamed via Instagram or Twitter or what have you. And I personally think it's a little bit better to maybe capture some pictures you want to share later, which I did a little bit of. And then when you're home or toward the tail end of the trip, maybe, or maybe you're on your way home, then you can start, you know, going in, in adding a few pictures here and there. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Couldn't disagree with you more, right? Okay. So tell me why. I just disagree with you. I just don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like sharing your entire vacation. If you want to share your vacation. Some people, like me, (laughs) as part of their vacation, enjoy taking photos and editing those photos and posting those photos. Like, it's actually part of what I consider my vacations to be. I go to places that I think have some beauty to them, and I like to share that beauty. I don't do it for other people. I do it for me. But I share it. But that's part of what I want to do. No, that actually is a very important distinction that I hadn't considered, is that I think, generally speaking... It appears as though these sorts of broadcasts are for others, but I genuinely, I know you well enough to know that you mean it when you say this is for me. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that that's a very different thing. Now it's hard for somebody else to know what the motivation is. And honestly, it shouldn't be my business. If I'm doing it for some kind of social clout, I'll post it on my grid. Oh, that's interesting. Posting these things to Instagram stories, which is what, where I'll post most of my images, doesn't do anything, right? You don't see this many people saw this. Well, you can, but I take your point. I take your no, point. No, like people can't see. You can't oh, go oh, to oh, my oh, Instagram yes, story yes, 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 and see yes, that that was sorry, a successful yes. Instagram story. Yes, I'm sorry, yes. Uh, no, that's an interest, another interesting distinction I hadn't considered. You are just dropping knowledge bombs on me left and right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's fair. I, so how do you decide then to pull on this thread that we were not expecting to pull on? How do you decide between a story and something in, in a full-on post? Uh, most of my posts, like Instagram posts, are uh, they have some kind of like uh, permanent relevance. Mm-hmm. So, celebrating something, um, posting something that I mean, a lot of times, like, do I think people will actually really appreciate this, um, or if it's a if it's a particularly good photo, <laughs> right, enough. and I want it yeah. to be around forever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right, not just be 
ephemeral, then I will post it on my grid. Like I posted a picture when I was in San Francisco after being in San Jose for COVID. Uh, I posted an image of uh, two buildings. One was, I don't know one of the buildings, but the other is the Transamerica building. Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe the best photo I've ever taken. So I wanted to post it because I thought it was superb. And so I posted it. But also at the same time, I mean, there was actually a few photos in that thing that I thought were really good. Uh, and I posted all of them, but mainly just for this the kind of hero image. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also did that because I thought people would like to know that I was out and about again in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I like the one with the uh, flag, the second one here. I thought that was well done, too. Yeah, they're because all the good. Flag is... I mean, genuinely, these are all good. These are all taken to go on my story, and I was like, no. And I edited it as such, and I was like, no, these are, these are grid-worthy. I feel like I need from you or someone, maybe Tyler, Tyler Stallman, I don't know. Someone needs to teach me how to edit photos, because I just, I'm clueless. I have an absolute connection for you. It changed everything for me, which is when Tyler came on the show and walked through with us how to edit our photos better for social media and he was awesome and that was what changed my kind of outlook on how mm. to edit and share and so yeah i mean i actually would like to share more to my grid than i do like let to be less particular with it but i just mm -hmm. haven't worked out what that is because i feel like my kind of instagram grid is too manicured and I yeah. want to change that a little bit, but I just haven't, I haven't yet worked out, well, what goes there then? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I default to stories now and to your point, only something that I think deserves some amount of, I think you used the word before, permanence um, or there's some significance to it goes in the grid. And I actually put a couple of story. I put a close friend story up yesterday. I put a, um, a regular story up and I put something in the grid and the, um, thing that went in the grid, I just thought was a cool picture. And then the story, I thought it was cool. It was the, the picture in the story was a couple of butterflies, which I thought was neat, but I didn't think like, oh, this, this will stand the test of time sort of thing, which is basically what you were saying. Um, but anyway, uh, no, I just find that all very interesting. And, and I don't know, my relationship with social media, as we've documented incessantly on this program, is ever-changing and always different and so on. So uh, I, I just was curious what your thoughts on Instagram were. But coming back on point, uh, we did go to Cape Charles as per the List family tradition. Uh, we were able to return to a house that we had been to not last year, but the two prior years. And then last year it had been purchased and was being remodeled. We went back this year and we liked it a lot. Um, we had a lot of fun. Penny was a little challenging. We brought her with us and she decided to try to pee everywhere and anywhere, which is very unlike her, which was very frustrating. Um, and we don't think there was any medical issue with her, but we're trying to figure out what that's all about. However, on the plus side, Maybe it she was just didn't like being somewhere that wasn't home, you know? You know, I, I would think so too, but we've brought her on vacations before and Airbnbs before, and that was never really a problem in the past. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. We're still trying to work through that. I don't know nothing about dogs, so... Well, so neither do I. So that's why I'm so confused. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but uh, but no, other than that, it was good. Uh, the weather was mostly good. It was very hot. And I know I can't talk to you about hot right now, and I apologize. But it was very hot at the time, and, which in of itself, you want a beach vacation to be hot. But the problem is you want the water to be refreshing and cool. And the water was like freaking bath water, which was really? less. In, yeah, which is unusual and less enjoyable. What is the water body? 
So it's the Chesapeake Bay. So you come off the Atlantic Ocean and there's this big, enormous bay, just like, just Chesapeake huge. Bay. Yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. Um, and we passed Yorktown on have the way there. Have you ever there. heard mm. of Hamilton? You know, I should check that out. People have said it's good. I don't know if I block. It's the off-off Broadway show that you might like. <laughs> you should uh, you should spread the good word about that. I, I bet people are unaware. Certainly, certainly, five to seven years later. So this is leading from the Atlantic, but it's warm. How is that possible? Because remember, the Atlantic spins what is it clockwise? So you get cold water, we get hot water. Whereas the Pacific for us is freezing. Right, but like I've been in the Atlantic on the American East Coast, and it's cold. Oh, okay. Well, so I think it's partially... So I think there's a few things going on here. First of all, we are in the Chesapeake Bay, so it isn't It isn't properly the Atlantic. It is bay water, so it's mostly, to the best of my knowledge, it's mostly water flowing from rivers and whatnot into the bay and then out to the Atlantic. There's something about the phrase bay water, which just makes it sound <laughs> gross. That's fair. To me. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Ew, bay I, water. I can understand that. Ew. Uh, but anyways, but uh, the other thing with Cape Charles is that the beach is extremely shallow. You can go out like half a mile with and still be in just waist high water. In contrast to, say, like the Outer Banks of North Carolina, where you go out more than 20 yards and you're up to your neck. And so it's very, very shallow, which means, I presume, that it gets heated fairly efficiently by the sun. And when it's just scorching hot to the tune of like... I don't know, 90 to 100 degrees, which is somewhere in the neck of like 30 degrees for you thereabouts, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gets freaking hot. And so in that sense, it was a little bu- bit of a bummer because we were just sweating constantly, which again, like I don't mind being sweaty on the beach, but then I want to be able to get in the water and cool off. And I couldn't really do that. But um, but the funniest thing to me was watching Declan and, and Michaela as well, but particularly Declan on the beach because you know he's seven and a half. He's going to be eight in October and which by the way is mind blowing, but that's neither here nor there. I don't believe that that's possible. Uh, so you're going to, you're going to have to check your math on that one. I'm afraid. <laughs> I know, right? uh, October, 2014, my friend. So Jeez. coming up on eight, but anyways, um, uh, which means this show is eight, right? Cause we started in August, didn't we? Yeah. 14. Yeah, golly. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, he would, you know, as, as both adults and kids are want to do, uh, he would make beach friends, you know, and just the people that happen to be stationed near you, you would, you know, talk to them and kind of be friendly with them. That's good. And especially with kids, anytime a kid or a couple of kids are playing, then the other kids want to go and see what's going on. And so what ended up happening was he ended up being like the job foreman of digging trenches in the, sh- in the, in the shallow part or not, not even the shallows, but like the, the part of the beach where the tide will eventually come up. I, oh. I know there's a term for that that's escaping me, but he would like build these, you know, humongous rivers and trenches and whatnot. And before long, he had a group of like 10, maybe even more to maybe even closer to 15 kids, uh, just all working together to like build these trenches. And it was hilarious. And Declan is typically a pretty passive kid. Like he's opinionated because he comes from me and Aaron, but he's normally not one to like rock the boat and usually will go with the flow. But he was like absolutely 100% the job foreman. And it was just very, very funny to watch. Um, And just watching him direct traffic and, oh, how about you do this? You go there, you do this, you do that, get a bucket, get a water. You know, it was just hilarious. And I just found it very funny. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the only one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. With Squarespace, you can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience and sell anything, your products, services, even the content that you create. Squarespace has you covered. 
With Squarespace, you'll be able to get blogging. They have powerful blogging tools so you can share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. Then you'll be able to analyze it with insights. If you ever wondered where your visitors are coming from, where your sales are coming from, or which channels are most effective for you, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you've got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or your most popular products and content. Talking about products, you can sell stuff on Squarespace. Whether you sell physical goods, digital goods, it doesn't matter. They have all of the tools that you need to start selling your wares online. Go and check it out for yourself right now. You go to squarespace.com slash analog. You can sign up for a free trial of no credit card required. You choose one of their beautiful templates, customize it, click around, fill out the entire website, get a real sense of what it's like to use and own a Squarespace website. And then when you're ready to launch it, use the offer code analog and you will save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash analog. And then when you sign up, use the offer code analog to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we are, for the first time ever, not just forever, but the first time ever, the List family is as vaccinated as we can possibly legally be at this time because Michaela has received her second shot. She is fully vaccinated, as fully vaccinated stands right now. I am, Aaron is, Declan is, uh, actually the three of us are boosted even, uh, but Michaela's finally been vaccinated and I feel like a lot of weight is lifted off my shoulders, kind of, except numbers are awful right now. And so I feel like now's the time when we can finally be like, you know, mask and carefree, but numbers are awful right now. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the kids actually together were like, I haven't looked at charts in such a long time. Let me go, let me go Google some charts. I don't really look at it, um, but I, I read a really good local newsletter uh, by a friend of mine, actually, um, Good Morning RVA. And it, once a week, he'll put uh, the current numbers for like the city of Richmond and the surrounding counties in there. And it's just been gross. It's been gross for a long time. It's, I think, getting a little bit worse right now from gross to worse. Um, and so because of that, I feel like we can't just let our guard down quite yet, which is a bummer. But the good news is, at least at this point, we as a family unit are as vaccinated as we can possibly be at this time. And I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, I'm just looking at these numbers and I don't trust them all. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the interesting thing, though, that occurred to I think Aaron first and then me was that if one if, if, if you take it as as fact that every single person is going to get COVID, it has or will get COVID, which I think is probably true. Yeah. Now would be a pretty convenient time for the List family to get it because in a few weeks, school starts. And if we were to get it now, we have like two to three weeks for it to rip through the family and everyone to just go ahead and get better, hopefully. But because you never know what's going to happen, and we'll talk about what's going on with you here in a second, I don't feel like I just want to go like refusing to wear, not refusing, but you know what I mean? Like not wearing masks anymore and doing danger. Well, maybe not dangerous to you, but dangerous to me, things like watching movies or whatever. Um, I don't feel like I want to just go, you know, carefree and, and frolicking and whatnot. But that being said, if I knew for sure that all four of us would be just fine on the other end of it, now would be an excellently, uh, very selfishly excellent time. It's such to a get stupid some thing you just said. It is, but that's why I'm not changing my behaviors because yeah, I, if know, I knew you never it know. all be fine. Yeah, it would be well, fine. Like, yeah, well, sure. 
I agree with you that like ultimately everybody will get it because it's just like any kind of thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. do we assume that every single person in their lifetime will get the flu? Do we yeah, assume yeah, yeah. that every person in their lifetime will get a cold, right? Like, because that's looks like what this thing is going to be. Like, it's going yeah, to yeah. be the type of illness that is always around, right? Yep. And in some flavor. And we get annual boosters, like I do with a flu shot. And it's kind of just like, this is just life, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, tell you, I, I don't think that there's any convenient time for you to have COVID. I think that's probably true. Especially because I will tell you, you don't want it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. But I don't want I like I my my lack of desire in having it has not changed. And again, because of the numbers, my behavior has not changed. If anything, I'm being more protective now. But I I just feel like I'm going to have to get it at some point. Like I don't feel like there's any way for me to go the rest of my life without right, getting it. As time goes on, it will probably get easier to have COVID. That's probably true too. Because that has already happened. Like, in aggregate, yeah, 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 it is easier now than it was before. And that is because of treatment. That is because of severity of illness. Like, so what you want to do is assume you will get it, but hope it happens in another year or another two years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So to that end, remind me why one does not want COVID. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm much better now, but like, I'm still not normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still not back to health, like complete health. Like, I would say, that by and large, my symptoms have gone away. I, I just get out of breath sometimes, or I get tired, or whatever. Um, and I'm working through that, and I've seen specialists and. They feel pretty confident that there hasn't been any kind of like organ damage uh, or anything like that. Well, that's good. I'm back at the gym again. Also Take, good. Yeah, I'm taking it slow. Seeing my trainer, I've been doing some rowing. I think I've developed a bit of a shoulder injury in the last week, though, which I just think oh, I'm no. not surprised because we've kind of gone back to like, can I continue doing the same level of weight that I was doing like in mm-hmm. the gym, which I could handle, but maybe it's just been a bit rough on my joints that had had two months off. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll talk to my trainer when I go see him this week and we'll balance it out. But yeah, I'm doing, you know, strength training at home. I'll talk about that in a little bit during one of our regularly scheduled breaks. But I'm also doing some rowing and stuff like that. Just trying to mix it up a little bit as I'm trying to work out what the best things are for me. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like... <sighs> I don't know, man. It's it does not sound fun. But not everybody guts like me, and there yeah. are people that get way worse than me. So it's yeah, like yeah. it's not really a predictable thing. Like I know so yeah. many people that had a rough time until they didn't anymore. Like, and that rough time was just during the time period of them being like having COVID. Then that ended and they moved on with their lives. The same as any other illness, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I've had illnesses that were worse than COVID. 
like during the illness phase. I had a viral mm-hmm. throat infection a number of years ago, and it was like it was horrific. But then when that ended, I just carried on with my life, you know? (laughs) And that was not the case. Now, I don't know if maybe it's like with the throat infection, I was given medication for that. I didn't get any medication for COVID. Right. I just had to like do it. Suck it it up and deal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I don't know if that causes a difference, uh, but who knows, right? But like, I can feel it now. I've got, I've got some pain in my chest now as I'm talking. I haven't had that any other show that I've done this week, but I haven't now. Lucky you. I'm sorry. That's it's just a thing that that keeps happening to me. <sighs> it's un, it's unfortunate, but now I'm just trying to get get through it. Like, yeah. I'm not pushing myself too hard, but at the same time, I have been told that I should start to reincorporate exercise and stuff like that again because mm-hmm. then I'm going to have other detrimental effects which I was starting to feel so I'm just trying to find that balance now. Yeah, that makes sense. So in the UK, what is the COVID mitigation situation? So like here What does in, that even the, mean? So like here in Richmond, if I go into a store and I'm wearing like a KN95, there are a handful of people with any sort of mask at all of any variety, cloth, KN95, surgical, doesn't matter. There's I mean, like, there are no rules. Well, you know, I'm not asking you what the rules are. I'm asking you what the what the actual behaviors are. Oh, I'm are. very frequently the only person with a mask on. Yeah, okay. Like on so public transport, no one's wearing them. So if you were to look around, you would say, I mean, obviously it's not an absolute proclamation. I got the train in say, this morning, right? Mm-hmm. I think there was one other person on my carriage that had a mask on, and the carriage was probably about 60% full. So for the most part, the UK has said, we're done here. Yeah, and that's the same here. I mean, there are, there are certainly some people that are, I would say, still trying, but that's a bit dismissive. But there are some people still trying, because I don't know what else to say. But uh, but for the most part, everyone's like, yep, we're done. Don't mm-hmm. care. And I'm kind of just like, I'm not mad at people. I'm not. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say, like, at this point. Like, I yeah. don't, because I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, I don't either. So, I don't either. you know, I'm kind of just like, sometimes I'm just like, this is a surprise to me. But that's kind of as far as it goes, because <laughs> I just don't know. I don't. I don't know, and I'm not going to pretend to know, right? Oh, yeah, I know yeah. what makes me feel the most comfortable, and I just do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. And if everybody else feels comfortable, they can just go ahead and do that. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, for everyone around me, like, I don't know at this point, I kind of assume that everyone has already had it and gotten over it, which isn't true, but that's what I kind of assume because I, I, so many people have had it. The vast majority of people here will have had COVID. Yeah. And they will just make their decisions of what it was like for them. You know, people, I, I wished people were thinking of others more. <laughs> um, I think I saw a lot of that for a period of time. But I think it's gotten to the point where a lot of people are just like, no, I want to do what I want to do now. And they're just yeah. doing what they want to do. And I wished that it was a bit different. But genuinely, like, I don't know how different I want it to be. Like, what are we still in lockdown? Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, what is the limit? Like, no, I don't want to do that. But <laughs> shouldn't we? Like, the numbers would suggest, like, I, this is the problem, right? Like, 
Am I saying we should go back into lockdown? No, I'm not saying that. But then, but then where do I draw that line? So I just yeah. choose yeah. not to try and draw the line for the public at large because I don't have any answers to that question. So I just modify my own behavior to what I feel best about and move on from there. Like, cause that's all I can do. It's all I can do. I guess the only other thing I can do is what I'm doing right now, which is talking to people at large. I get the ability to talk to more people than the average person. So I recommend that people do the thing that makes them feel the most comfortable. I would suggest that that is taking additional precautions even now and making sure that you're up to date on your vaccinations. Like, I think that is the best course of action moving forward. If you're in a yeah. crowded space, consider wearing a mask. It's actually, we know now, doesn't just benefit others. At first, everyone thought it was a benefit others. But if you wear a good enough mask, it actually benefits you. Right. right? Yeah, I completely <laughs> like, agree. Uh, there was for a, a long period of time where we thought that that wasn't the case. But if you wear like an FFP3 or KN95 mask, the likelihood of you catching COVID is slashed significantly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to not have it, that is my recommendation to you. Otherwise, you're probably going to get it. And like, <laughs> is that good for you and the people around you? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is that currently, currently, I don't ever really get looks for having a mask on, or at least not that I can no, tell. No, I never get anything. I d I'm sure people do, but it doesn't happen to me. It does, I, I've And I have not seen that in London at all. Same, but I think... It's. I just get this gut feeling that that time is coming that people are going to look and be like, "Really, bro? Still?" Oh, I'm Still? sure people think it, but I don't care what people think. Sure, can, but as long as they don't say anything to me, I'm fine. We can all get along. Because I'm looking at people and saying, "Really?" <laughs> so I'm not going to judge people for looking at me. No, no, totally. But what I, what I'm not looking forward to is when I'm starting to get side eye and like the rolling of the eyes, like, oh. God, seriously, one of them. Man. I'm going to wear masks on public transport forever. Yeah. Because I wanted to do this before COVID. Yeah. But I couldn't true. find these things anywhere. Like it was really hard to find them here. Yeah. Because I would see people on planes and they're wearing masks. I'm like, that's a good idea. Like they're wearing surgical masks. <laughs> but I couldn't buy them. Like, because every time I Google for face masks, I was given Halloween masks. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, you didn't have the vocabulary. But no, I, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But. For now, at least, for this at this one very moment on the second day of August, uh, everyone is fully vaccinated. We're all healthy, and we're all feeling pretty good about it. Let me tell you about something that makes me feel good. Trade. What makes you feel good? Not just trade in general. Trade coffee is what I'm talking about. Oh, I excellent. love trade coffee. And let me tell you why you will love trade coffee. Because when you become a trade coffee customer, you will get the freshest, best-tasting coffee you have ever made at home. The coffee you'll be drinking will be from the U.S.'s best independent craft roasters, which helps out those small businesses too. Trade's coffee team taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. Everyone has that one coffee that they're going to love, and Trade's going to help you find it. And Trade is so confident that they will match you right the first time that if for any reason they don't, you just give them your feedback, and one of their coffee experts will work with you directly to send a brand new bag for free, so you will be looked after. I have had so many coffees from Trade, and they have all been superb. So good. I love that they are broadening my horizons for the types of companies that exist in the world. I get mm. to learn extra 
about the taste profiles that I enjoy. So this is one of the things with coffee. Coffee has a bunch of taste profiles. It has tasting notes. This stuff can feel a little bit daunting sometimes, but Trade has this really awesome quiz where it takes just answering a couple of very simple questions and you will get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. And then you can learn a bit, right? You'll be able to benefit from that. These freshly roasted coffees, they can come as however you want, whole beans or ground for however you brought it at home. They guarantee that you're going to love your first order because they're going to work if you to make it right. If not, they'll replace it for free. It's awesome. And you're going to learn a little bit more about your coffee tastes, which I think is one of the great joys in life. Right now, Trade <laughs> is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash analog. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking that quiz today at drinktrade.com slash analog and let Trade find you a coffee that you will love. That is drinktrade, T-R-A-D-E, dot com slash analog for $30 off. Our thanks to Trade for the support of this show and Relay FM. I need help, Mike. I need a lot of help. <laughs> so... Toward the tail end the of the last school year, no uh, Declan has become very bow, interested. Bow, bow. <laughs> to catch I'm trying so hard to concentrate. It's not working. All right, I'm going I'm to soldier on. Uh, Declan bow, has gotten bow, super interested bow, in Pokemon. Pokemon. Uh, and I don't know what to do with this because my only experience with Pokemon, as I call it, or as I like to do, I like to mess with him, uh, Pokemans. Um, the only experience I have with Pokemon is, would you stop? I can't concentrate. <laughs> I'll just let you go. Sorry, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. So the only experience I had with Pokemon was being a employee of Babbage's, which was a uh, retailer of like video games and computer software in the late 90s when I was in high school. And I've told the story many times. but. Every time the phones or every time I work, the phones lit up at about three o'clock in the afternoon, which is when the uh, the elementary schools let out. And every time the phone rang at about three o'clock in the afternoon, ring. Hi, this is Casey. Thanks for calling Babbage's. What can I do for you? Do you have any Pokemon cards? Oh my God, nope. Casey. Nope, we're sold out. I need what? to play the role of our listener here. Yes. Where I just told that story in my head as you were telling it. <laughs> and making that exact little voice that you all right, made. All right, all right. So I'll move right along. I'll move right yes, along. Thank, thank you for you. saving me. Yeah, yep. Thank you for saving me. No, I so didn't save you. My, well, thank you for cutting me off. Uh, so that was my experience with Pokemon up until a few months ago when suddenly Declan started bringing home Pokemon trading cards, which I believe is actually a trading card game as far as mm -hmm. I understand, but apparently none of the kids played the game. They just like I collecting the cards. I used to play the game. I'm OG. Mm-hmm. Kids don't really play the game that much anymore. Some people do, but it is more of a collectible trading card now okay, than it is so the trading card helpful. game for a lot of people. But it is a game. It's a good game. It's well made. It's been well maintained over time. Uh, but I think at this point, it is more of a collectible. That's that's fair. So, so he starts getting these like leftover cards that his friends at school were kind enough to give him, and you know they seem to my eyes like they're not just garbage cards. I'm assuming that they're you know, cards that, that exist in a gazillion different copies, but nevertheless, they seem like they're decent. And so he's become obsessed with it. And so of course, Pokemon cards led to, oh, can you get the Pokemon TV show, which led to me making the mistake of saying, have you heard of Pokemon Go, which I played for like literally a week when I, w when it was brand new. And like I decided did. that, well, yeah. <laughs> and I decided that it just wasn't for me, which is fine. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it wasn't for me. And I put it away. And never looked back. Well, Declan has immediately become obsessed with it. 
And I feel like I need a tutor to try to tell me what to do and how to do it and what Pokemon is all about. Like I understand the vaguest notion that they're pocket monsters and you have to collect them all and capture them and, and evolve them and grow them and whatever. But then you have to like fight with them, I guess, and like go to gyms and fight and things. And I, I don't know. We don't need to turn this into the Pokemon Go like uh, 101 session, but I I'm feel not, like I I'm need not here to... to talk to you about Pokemon Go. Let me tell you okay. that part to start with. Okay. Right. Like I know lots of people play Pokemon Go. I get it. I saw Alex is in the chat. I know Alex is still deep on Pokemon Go. <laughs> and it's like, it's a fun thing to play, right? My recommendation to you is you mm -hmm. get him on the games. Like the Game Boy games? Oh. That's the true Pokemon experience. Mm -hmm. Get him Pokemon. Which Who does he like more, Pikachu or Eevee? I know he likes both. I want to say Pikachu, but I am not 100% sure. He should choose his Pikachu train because, like, Pikachu is the best one. I don't understand the Eevee hype. Like, this happens after <laughs> for me. Like, I'm OG, right? Not like these kids today who, for some reason, like Eevee, and I don't get it. Like, Eevee, I understand. Uh, it's hilarious to me. Casey's just recommended, I don't understand the Eevee hype and spelled oh, Eevee wrong. It's Eevee. -E -E no, it's E-E-V-E-E. -E -E. Oh, come on. I tried. I'm such an old man. I und I know that people love Eevee, and I get it, right? Like, that people love Eevee. I just don't understand how somebody could say, uh, I prefer Eevee to Pikachu. Like, I can't get my head around that. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Because from my perspective, right, of growing up and being OG, I feel like Alex will understand what I'm talking about here, right? Because I know me and Alex, we, we share a lot of opinions on Pokemon. Eevee was always like a platform to get a different Pokemon, right? You evolve Eevee. <laughs> like, that's Eevee's entire thing. Eevee evolves into like 100 different Pokemon at this point. It's ridiculous. So like Eevee was always just like get Eevee and immediately evolve Eevee into whichever ever type you need. And so like the mm -hmm. idea that Eevee then became this like really popular Pokemon was so interesting to me. Because like Pikachu's the opposite where you can evolve Pikachu into Raichu but nobody wants to do that because it's Pikachu. Anyway. Yeah. So I don't know what it was that like shot Eevee into popularity but it happened. Nevertheless, there is a Nintendo Switch game that is made for your son. Oh, it's Switch game. Oh, interesting. It is called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee. Ah, it is a reimagining of the original Game Boy game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the mechanics are borrowed from Pokemon Go. So the way that you catch Pokemon oh, interesting. Okay. is like you like throw balls at the Pokemon and you catch them. You don't have to battle them to catch them necessarily. And there is still battling in it, but it's like it, they, they, they brought the level down of the game to make it more approachable. And I think they did a fantastic job. I loved Let's Go. I thought it was a fantastic game. I thought it was a really nice retelling. It wasn't too far in the simplicity for me. I could go through and enjoy it. I recommend that the two of you play this game because I will tell you, Casey, if you need education, this game was the original. So it does a very good job of educating the basics of Pokemon because it is the basics of Pokemon. I gotcha. Right? Mm -hmm. Plus, it's just really fun. It's nice and simple. The graphics are fantastic. Like, they're really colorful and cartoony. Like, it's perfect for what it is. Uh, big recommendation. And I say, go, let's go, Pikachu, because if 
if he's watching the anime. He is. He's only like 10 episodes in, but yeah. And he started from the beginning. Where? What are you having him watch? Do you know? Oh, gosh, I'd have to look it up Because there's like again. a thousand of them now. But if he's starting at the OG, it's Ash and Pikachu. I think it's just like the Pokemon TV show. Is that what he's watching? But which I know how old and ignorant I am, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can quickly figure it out. It is from 1997. Yeah, then you should. I think you should get him Pikachu. And because... actually, can you? Well, can you, hold on one second. Do you prefer talking to the mic? Do you prefer Pikachu or Eevee? Amazing. Um, I don't know. Why, why are you using a funny voice? Come on. You use your normal voice. And you then, use a funny voice all the time. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mike is telling you that I use a funny voice all the time. I know you can't hear him. All right. So what do you like about Pikachu? And use, use your normal voice. Don't use a funny voice. Um, he can zap stuff. Okay. And then what makes Eevee fun? Um, she can use Wish. And what does Wish do? Um, it can heal a Pokemon or destroy a Pokemon. Mm. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, th- so you like you would say you like you can just tell me. I'm, I'll repeat what you said. You say you like both of them, kind of the same. And if you had to pick one, just one, you don't think you could pick? No. Uh, yeah, all right, all right. Well, well I'm a video right. game for Declan then is what right. I'm hearing. You know well, what because I mean? you know, there's there's video games <laughs> that are focused on either Pikachu or Eevee, but you know, you would only pick one. You have to think about that, aren't you? <laughs> You're not in your head. All right. Do you want to talk to Mike about Pokemon, or do you want me to leave you alone? You want you want to go. All right, thanks for thanks for swinging by, bud. I appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate the starring role there. Yep, thank you. All right, I, and I, I recommend the Pikachu up. still All because right. if he's watching the anime, I think he'll get a kick out of that. Because if he's watching the original series, the original game kind of mimics the original series and the characters that you encounter. Mm-hmm. So I think if he's enjoying that show, that he would get a kick out of being able to live that story in a video game form. All right, that's fair. So um, I will have to check this out. I recommend this as a good, a really good, it would be a fun activity for the two of you. And if you genuinely want to learn more about this thing that your son is becoming obsessed with. <laughs> I do, I really do. Uh, then I would recommend that this is a really perfect starting point for that. All right, I'll check it out. But uh, I, I feel like, I yeah, I feel like I need some sort of some sort of tutor to help me understand. Maybe just playing the game is enough. I don't know. Um, but I, I need to understand this better because I only get the most broad general gist. And he's constantly asking Aaron and me, like, let's do a Pokemon battle. Like, you know, where you just make mm-hmm. up things and throw like fake Pokemon at each other or whatever. And he's like, well, then if you, if you like want to be actively involved, and this is not a criticism, right? Like you yeah. can, you can just choose to go through the motions, right? Well, like sure, you sure, can sure, just, sure. you know, like just play it through and that's perfectly fine. Right. You just do it. I would recommend that if you pick up this game and you play it actively together, you are going to learn enough. Fair. It is a perfect foundation point. This game was created for this express reason. Pokemon Go became massively popular, so the Pokemon company created a new video game to bridge the gap between Pokemon Go and all of the other Switch games. So like all of the kids and adults that had found Pokemon through Pokemon Go Mm -hmm. This was like, hey, we made this video game, and it's for you. (laughs) Fair enough. That's why it's called Pokemon Let's Go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, yeah, I'll have to check that out. But what he's watching apparently originally aired in 97, April 1 of 97. So that seems to me like it's probably the OG, I guess. Um, But you would know better than me. It also allows you to, like, there's a co-op, too, so you can actually play 
actually play together. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's and you can help him out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's enlisted me on Pokemon Go to like send him gifts once a day because he's constantly running out of uh, Pokeballs. And for the life of me, I I can't figure out any way to just like back and other than paying to back channel him some of like the Pokeballs that I have because somehow I've amassed a zillion of them, I guess, because I'm not playing very much. And it seems like gifting is the way to do it. Here you can tell how ignorant I am. Um, But he's every day he's like, hey, can you send me a a gift so I can get more Pokeballs? Sure thing. Anything you need, buddy. Um, But yeah, I I, I do want to understand this better. There's not a lot about this that is revving my particular engine personally, other than it makes him happy. And so I want to understand it better. Yeah, probably. That's probably not going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And did I tell you the story about when I was a kid and I worked at Babbage's and I got phone calls all the time? I should tell that story real quick, shouldn't I? I'd love to hear it. <laughs> so anyway, so I might be asking you and or Alex for help with this um, and and trying to figure I'm out. I'm so there, man. Uh, yeah, because I, I, between Pokemon Go and just Pokemon in general, I, I need I need some tutoring. So I appreciate, I appreciate your service. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at FitBud. Between balancing work and family and everything else in your life, it can be hard to make fitness a priority. What you need is a program that will work with you, not against you. That's why you need FitBud. FitBud's algorithm learns about you, goals that you have, your training ability, and will craft a personalized exercise plan that is unique to you. Their app makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform every exercise one of the things I love about it is the videos that they make. They have these HD videos that are shot from multiple angles to really give you a good sense of just how to do that exercise. But it also doesn't get in your way. It integrates with Apple Watches, Wear OS smartwatches and stuff like that. So if you know how to do your exercises, maybe you've done some of them a couple of times, you can just advance things on your Apple Watch. It works really easily. I love it for that. One of my favorite things about Fitbud is it's not about competition. I don't think this works for everyone. It definitely doesn't work for me to have like if I try and compete with people, it does I don't like it. I don't want to do what others are doing. What you need is something that is made for you specifically. That's when this stuff sticks. So when you see the results that you're looking for. So Fitbod will use data to create and adjust a dynamic fitness plan for you that you can also have instant access to from wherever you want with the fantastic app. So no matter where you're working out or how often you're doing it, it's right there for you. Fitbod tracks your muscle recovery to make sure that your plan is balanced with a variety of exercises so you're not overworking anything. This is what that customization is all about. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbod, though, is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year, but you can get yourself 25% off your membership when you sign up at fitbod.me analog. So go there right now and get your customized fitness plan. That's fitbod.me analog, and you will get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me analog. Well, thanks to Fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we should probably talk F1, baby. And Mm. we have, since we last spoke, we've had the French Grand Prix, the Hungarian Grand Prix. And I feel like the Hungarian one, just briefly, didn't, wasn't really that interesting to me on the whole, though there was definitely interesting things that happened. But the French one, in particular, Mm. George catching Chaco just sleeping after Mm. the virtual safety car. What a move that was. I feel kind of bad for Chaco. Uh, George Russell looking good my friend future world champion baby ain't no one stopping him you must be so happy i feel like i could hear the screams of excitement all the way yeah all the way from across the atlantic you are riding high right now aren't you my boys are back yeah i mean it's kind of hilarious to be so excited about a mercedes 2-3 yeah but yeah that's kind of just where i am right now you know 
Uh, that's what it's. That's what it is to be a Mercedes fan. <laughs> uh, this entire season has been some variation of every week or two. It's been Mercedes is back, right? So I feel like it's it's tiring to say it. But the last two races, they have gotten two drivers on the podium in a row. One of them, there was some stuff that happened, right? That helped them get on the podium, like mm-hmm. cars struggling. But I feel in this past race, they were just in the mix. And that was not what we've seen. And I think one of the things, uh, I said this in the background because sorry if you've heard it already, but one of the things that I really loved about the Hungarian Grand Prix is this is what this season or next season could look like if you have three teams in the running, right? Yeah. Which I have never seen Yep, in yep. my years of watching Formula One these last few mm-hmm. years, right? It's always, there are two teams. But this past race, there were three teams. There's six drivers fighting for every position. Which is amazing. It was genuinely, until the very end of the race, it was impossible to try and predict the podium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. And I'm, I'm really excited with the hope that this continues. Yeah, agreed. Uh, a thousand percent agreed. With the Hungarian Grand Prix, uh, I thought, even though it pains me to say anything positive about Max Verstappen, uh, I thought his run from what was it tenth all oh, the way it was to incredible. To, to, it was it was I mean, really well done. That was a race for me that showed why he is going to be world champion. That was a world champion performance. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well put. Well put. Uh, also, can we just talk about? How awful is Ferrari? Oh, They're really struggling, man. It's so word. sad for, it, for them. It is it has gone from funny to like sad. It was a foregone conclusion, right? Three races in, it's like, oh, Charles gonna win the championship and Ferrari is gonna be the constructor, right? Like it's yep. just like, oh, yep. this is obvious. That car's so much better. We can now we can truly see just how fantastic Charles Leclerc is behind the wheel of a good car, right? Like, all that was what we were talking about. And now it's just like it's it really is like it's it's kind of wild to see that the entire kind of F one community is solidified around the fact that for, for Ferrari strategy is poor. Yeah, and it's like you know you see this thing like do we really know? Are we really claiming to know better than Ferrari? But then you yes. see them in the races, <laughs> yes, and are. you're like, I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. It doesn't make any sense to me. So like it's it's really fascinating to watch them right now. You know, I saw, uh, this is a banana statistic. I, I'm, I'm sure it's true, but it, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Lewis Hamilton has had more podiums than Charles Leclerc. Why is that bananas? Oh, you mean this year? This year. Oh, sorry. Oh, that is kind of bananas. Yeah. But Charles has had better performances, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is why he is ahead of Lewis in the points. But it is close now. Like It's... it's- it's tough because I feel like Ferrari right now has the ability to be a championship team. And this is not like, you know, a hot take or anything. I'm just saying that Ferrari has the ability to be a championship team, but they keep shooting themselves in the foot slash face uh, every single race. And I just, I <laughs> feel so in the face. That's really because, funny. <laughs> I mean, but it's true, right? Like they just make these yeah. decisions that are just utterly uh, uh, un- inconceivable. Like it's just inconceivable what, the, what they're choosing to do. And I feel so bad for the drivers because mm-hmm. both of them seem like nice people. I really appreciated, I believe it was after the French Grand Prix that instead of just blaming Ferrari like your average race car driver would, 
uh, Charles was like falling on a sword and saying, I screwed up, which I'm not even really entirely clear I saw how. some really interesting commentary about that on both sides. Okay, tell me more. So, like, I saw some people saying, like, the fact that he was saying, oh, it was my mistake, like, that was why this happened, like, I screwed up, and if I want to be a champion, I shouldn't be... Yeah, yeah, we're talking about right? the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I was... Sorry, because I cut you off, I wanted to give the context. No, 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 we're good, which we're you good. Should, yeah. I shouldn't have cut you off, you should have given it, so I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but... I saw some people saying, as as I think you were about to say, like how refreshing it is to see someone of his skill own up to his yes, exactly. right mistakes. Mm-hmm. I saw a video. Uh, I don't. Rem- I think it might have been from the race, or maybe it was Driver Sixty One on YouTube, and they were like, "That's all well and good, right? That you own up to it." But if you want to be a world champion, you shouldn't be doing it. And I was like, like it's kind of like because he's the Charles done this a few times apparently. Like he will say like I messed up, like blah blah blah. But it's like yeah, you can you can like it's fun, you know it's it's nice, it's good that you are saying this stuff, right? Like oh I messed up, I screwed up here, like this is my fault. But you can't make these mistakes if you want to be world champion. Yes, yeah. I mean, I. I- get that but i mean mm-hmm. if you're gonna if the mistake has happened like there's two ways to approach it right oh it was the car's fault it was the team's fault it's not me it's not me it's not me or you can just say i screwed up well but you don't have to be so i think what they're saying is like the the, the being so self-critical in public isn't necessarily a good thing like there are ways to do it which other drivers do where it's like less of that like to tone it um. down Right. I mean, I don't know. I get. I can't get behind that because I'm a hard on my sleeve kind of person. But I understand the point. I don't think I agree with it. I'm not <laughs> saying one way or another. I was just intrigued. Like it was like a different point sure. of view that I was like, yeah, hmm. yeah. I, I get you that. Know? Um, the, the, it's to the to the same point of different points of view. I heard at least a little bit of grumbling that oh. Charles doesn't actually think he messed up. He was just told to say that by the team because he didn't want because the team doesn't want him th- doesn't want to look bad. This is the other part because there was a lot of conspiracy around what actually happened there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it seems like it actually was Charles in this instance, like that he he put that in the wall. He, he messed up. Yeah, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other, but I appreciate the fact that here is what I can, this is what you were saying a minute ago. Here is what, what appears indisputably to be a world-class racing driver. Like I really think there is a universe in which Charles could absolutely be world champion for sure. Mm -hmm. And instead of just being like, and actually Lewis is pretty good about this too, for the most part, uh, instead of just being like, Oh, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong, which is a very max thing to do. What I was going to say, I think Lewis strikes a better balance than Charles. I I think that's fair. I would Where agree with that. Lewis owns up, but he's not talking about like, you know, he like Charles was going so far as like, if we are down by thirty points, it's one hundred percent my fault because I've lost all these points. It's like he was going ham. <laughs> like big Casey I, energy. I was like, all right, bud. Like we need to like just it, you know. That's fair. It didn't sound like it was coming from a place of control. In what he was saying, mm, right? I see your point. And, yeah, I can get and, like, that. I don't know if that's good for him to just say all of that. Like, it would suggest to me that maybe he needs a little more help from Ferrari. 
Yeah, that that's fair. And Skyler in the Discord is saying there's a difference between taking responsibility and being self-sacrificing to a fault. And yeah. that's basically what you're saying. And I agree with both of you. And, and I think it's like, you know, you hear like when Lewis put the car in the wall a few weeks ago, was it Silverstone? I don't remember I where. Don't both, both him and George lost the car. And mm-hmm. he's, he, you know, he owns up to it. It's like, that was, you know, it's like, that was my fault. I feel terrible for the team, but we're going to come back stronger. You know, it's like, that's the way to do it, I feel like. I think it's a, a more well-rounded thing. Mm-hmm. Because like, if you're in the Ferrari team and you're hearing Charles say this, you're like, okay, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> right. do you believe you can do the job next week? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But Charles is younger. He has less experience. I mean, Lewis has a decade of experience. You know what I mean? Like, there is a difference. And That's I'm, fair. You know, and I'm, I'm not trying to say like, oh, Charles a kid, but like, you know, he, he has not had the opportunity to be in this situation before, like in mm-hmm. Formula One of like yeah. being so close to it, you know, like that he could nearly touch it, but it slips away from him. Yeah, it's tough, but um, I agree with you. I think your point about three teams being in the running is, is very astute and it's been fun to watch. Like even the somewhat boring races, I think have been at least entertaining enough in that it's not, it hasn't been just Lewis parking himself at the front and everyone else behind him. There hasn't been a bad race this year, in my opinion. We're not at the heights of 2021. And I think everybody knew that after race one. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a different feeling season where the cars drive different and that makes it exciting, right? Because the cars mm-hmm. are like close and that we're, it's been fantastic. We had a great season, but we haven't had the fight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Max is uncontested right now. He is over. What is he? He is over. He's nearly a hundred points ahead of Charles. Yeah, it, it's right? it's pretty much a done deal. And then there's like twenty points between the next four of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> it goes two fifty eight points for Max, then one seventy eight for Charles. You go down to Lewis in sixth place of one hundred and forty six. So there's thirty something points between sixth place and second. And then there's the best part of 80 points between first and second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also should talk, there's been a little bit of discussions about 2023 already. So, uh, Sebastian season, Vettel, baby! Yeah, Sebastian Vettel is retiring. And I, for one, really liked his video that he put up uh, explaining his retirement. Good guy, Seb, you know? Yeah, he just seems like a genuinely, genuinely nice person who really yeah. does care, and I appreciate that about him. Do you think, because he wasn't overt about it, but do you think part of it is coming from his, like, uh, his kind of environmental push that maybe he's struggling uh, a little bit with what his job is i didn't get that vibe but i am not by any means saying you're wrong he was talking a lot about the planet and it being better and like that he is more than you know i was i don't think he was overtly saying it but i think that there was part of that in there i took away from it anyway yeah i'd have to watch it again but you're probably right but either way i just thought you know, here's a guy who's got like what two or three young kids, if I'm not mistaken, and he wants to be with his family. And like he's he's already been a world champion, what two or three times, something like that. This was before my time, but um, he, I think he's earned it <laughs> at this point. Like I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, what I will say is I was quite surprised to I think 24 hours later see that uh, Fernando Alonso is going to Aston Martin. Like yeah, that. What I I don't have I don't know enough about Fernando to to have a strong opinion about this, but. That was surprising that it just happened immediately like that. I can give you a little bit of backstory. Yes, please. 
because you know I'm very online when it comes to Formula One now. <laughs> Fair. I just love it. I just consume. Yeah, yeah. Alonso wanted a multi-year deal at Alpine mm-hmm. because he wants to be in the sport for more time. Alpine have Oscar Piastri. Oh, who's supposed to be just utterly phenomenal, right? He's he has had a very successful career so far. They want to put Piastri in their car. Mm -hmm. But their plan was put him somewhere else for a year, most likely Williams, get a bit of experience in Formula One, then put him in Alpine. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to commit long-term to Fernando because they're expecting to replace him with Oscar Piastri. I got you. Okay. So Alonso wanted multiple years. Aston mm-hmm. Martin were willing to giving that. There's also some reading of Fernando's announcement that seems to suggest that he has the opinion that Aston is investing to become a winning team, mm-hmm. which suggests that Al- he believes Alpine is not, right? Right, right, right. If he is saying, what I like about Aston Martin is their commitment and their investment in trying to become a championship contender (laughs) in the future. If you are saying that, it potentially means, depending on how you read it, that you're not saying it about the other team. It seems like this, obviously this happened very quickly. It seemed very reactive. Like, apparently, like, Alpine did not post anything about Fernando's retirement for, like, an hour and a half after it was announced. Yeah. It seemed like it took some people by surprise. And mm-hmm. now there is question about what is Alpine going to do? By the time this episode comes out, this may have already been answered. Oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Right? That like they now have a spot. Do they immediately give it to Piastri or do they stick with their commitment of putting Piastri somewhere else? But then who on earth goes in with uh, Esteban? Yeah. And Esteban, I think, has been looking better this year, but similar to um, to Ricardo, has not been looking overwhelmingly excellent. But I don't know. Well, I, it seems like he's got a Esteban has a seat no matter what. This so. pretty much secures uh, Ricardo for another year. Well, I don't argue. But what makes you say that? The, I think the potential people that could have taken his place now don't are now not available. Mm, could have been Piastri, maybe, but that's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen now. It could have been Vettel, but that's not going to happen now. Could have been Alonso. That's not going to happen now. Mick doesn't have a ride next year, officially. He's going to stay at Haas now. I think he, I think you're right. But There's nowhere else for Mick to go. Why couldn't he go to Alpine? I don't think Alpine would have him over Piastri. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, unless they wanted to give Piastri some more time, but I, I take your point, though. I think if... I expect, given those two options, they would choose their driver. Mm. I think Alpine are too far up the pecking order to be taking people on loans. Because <laughs> okay. right, Mick would be yeah, yeah. alone. He's in the Ferrari program, right? I honestly don't know, but you, that, yeah, you're I probably I believe right. he's in the Ferrari program. So if Science decided to leave, then they would maybe call on Mick. They probably wouldn't yet, but that's the mm-hmm. concern, right? Yeah. So, like, I didn't know this, but uh, Bottas was on loan to Williams from Mercedes. And then when Rosberg retired, they had to pull Bottas 
out of Mercedes. Uh, sorry, out of Williams to go to Mercedes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Williams got a huge payoff, and I believe George Russell. Hmm. But, I know. I don't. I didn't, I didn't know that. It's funny because I follow. You know, I used to follow the NFL. Uh, you know, American football pretty closely. I, I haven't mm-hmm. in years, and I still semi closely follow college football. But I never in in any and even basketball when I was much younger. I used to follow the NBA quite closely uh, when I was much 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 younger and. I never paid attention to the off season in like any of these sports at all, at all, at all. Never have, never cared. Don't whatever. I'll, I'll start paying attention when they're playing games again. But the F one off season, well, even during the season, as There's it turns only out, but, like twenty five people to keep track of. That's what make. That's what I like about the sport. You have the twenty drivers, and then a small handful of people on the periphery. And that's all. That if all you want to do is focus on Formula One, that's what you got to do. Yeah, uh, and, and so I have been riveted by some of these wheelings mm-hmm. and dealings already. It's been quite funny to me. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty good F1 season so far, and I'm loving, uh, like, I, I'm not absolutely loving that Max seems to have all but officially clinched it. However, the fact that- I said it almost, before, I'll say it again. I'm happy for him. I want him to win this way. Yeah, that's right. I want that's him fair. to have at least one uncontested, unchallenged win. So he can yeah. put his mark and say- I am a world champion, and like, there's no asterisk because I think he is the kind of driver that deserves it. I yeah. just say to him, "Watch your back, son, because my boys are coming for you next year." <laughs> <laughs> well done. This oh, episode is brought to you by Hover, one of our longest-running sponsors here at Real FM. They really have been around since the very beginning. When you have a big idea, where do you go? Businesses start with domain names. Hover should be your first step. They have over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you have. They're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you, not nickel and diming you. Hover has free who is privacy. If any domain that supports it, they enable it. So people can't get your information from doing searches. They have a really great user experience. It's so easy to get everything set up. I love how easy it is to set up forwards with Hover. It's like you can set up a domain, you want it to go somewhere else. I could do that a bunch, and they make it so easy to do that. And they do great sales on popular top-level domains. It's super simple to see why Hover is a popular choice for people starting businesses or starting any kind of endeavor. I will say I just bought a bunch of new domains. It's something I've got coming, hopefully, within the next couple of months. So easy. What I like about Hover is you can just type in a couple of words. They show you a bunch of options. I always end up picking up a domain name that I never thought that I would get because there's some uh, <laughs> TOD that fits perfectly. I love it. Like I know that you, like me, love great user experiences and things that just work, so you're going to appreciate Hover. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash analog and you will get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL one more time is hover.com slash analog. Make a name for yourself with Hover. And thanks to Hover for the support of this show and Relay FM. Breaking news as we record. Uh, Nate, Nate Saunders, who I'm not familiar with, but apparently is an F1 journalist. Remarkable situation at Alpine. Team only discovered that Fernando Alonso news through Aston Martin's press release on Monday. Amazing. Now it appears that now it appears that Alonso is on a boat out in the Greek island somewhere, ignoring Otmar Safnauer's calls. <laughs> Whoops. Oh man, I love this this kind of thing. Gotta love Fernando Alonso. He's such yep. a jerk. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> right fantastic love that it's an espn oh. article uh i'm sure that will be a great moment in drive to survive yes indeed right yes indeed like uh, the uh the the uh Vettel retirement like that yeah, whole thing yeah, yeah. 
where we got to see them like being very honest with each other of like, okay, let's not talk about this. All right. <laughs> we're do- we're all a team here. You remember? So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's do a couple of quick recommendations. All right. um, briefly, I wanted to recommend the, I believe it's Amazon Prime Video uh, show, The Terminal List, which you probably you recall. talk about I- this? I don't know if I talked about the show. I think I might have said it's forthcoming. I actually looked at our notes. I didn't see it there, but maybe I just didn't look far enough. I think we've spoken about this because this is on my uh, Apple TV Plus, no, my Apple TV Q. All right. Well, I will just make it very brief since it looks like you had a couple of recommendations. I have since watched it. I think I brought it up as something that was forthcoming. I have since watched it. It is good. I liked the book more, which of course you did, but I, I, I think some of the rewriting they did in favor of the show, some of it I think made sense and was good. But they, without spoiling, they changed the main character to be slightly less likable, I think. The show is still good. I still recommend it. I still thought it was fun and entertaining. But I still think if you're willing to read the book, do that first. If you're not, whatever, that's fine. Um, but the but the show is still good. Like, Aaron has not read the book, and she enjoyed the show. I don't think she would say it's remarkable, but she enjoyed it. I read the book twice and then watched the show. And again, I like the show. It's a good show. Um, I don't, it's not world endingly good, but it's worth a shot. It's only like, I don't know if it's going to be a one, one and done season, you know, one season and that's it or what, but the first season, something like eight hours of TV, it's not that big a commitment. So give it a shot. Hmm. Okay. I would like to echo your for all mankind suggestion for all mankind oh, very season good. three. Very good. I've seen all of it. Oh, you are such a turd. Watch I- the whole thing. <sighs> I'm so jealous because I'm I'm sitting here like a chump waiting for it every uh-huh. week. <sighs> I cannot fathom how they have managed to do this. I think it is an absolutely outstanding season of television. Yeah, it really is really good. It's it truly like I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And it's yeah, it's fantastic. I cannot wait for more of this show. I actually think pure quality wise, this is Apple's best uh original television show. You know, as a Ted Lasso devotee, I my my hackles come up when you say that. But like, overall, but this is the, this is that question that some people don't like: a favorite versus best. Yes, I was going to say something to that effect, and I, and I think you're right. I think this is probably the best TV program they have, of the ones that I've seen. I've not seen every one of them by any means, but of the ones I've watched. For All Mankind, I think not only is it very, very good, but I feel like it might be getting better with each passing season. Like, I feel oh, like 100% it is. Yes. It, it yes, is, yes it's yes, really yes. coming into its own. And, and I thought the first season was great, but I think it's really coming into its own. And I feel like the first season, because they were talking about, because remember the whole premise of the show is like, what happens if the Russians get to the moon first? Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and I think in the first season, they were, they were too concerned and understandably so with like, the revisionist portions of the program and they didn't yeah. really go that far into their own like timeline, if you will. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm doing the best job describing this, but no, in, I, I agree with you. In, it's, in the next it's a revisionist of, history kind of show. It's like an right. alternate history. Right. And so in the, in the second and third, well, we're, we're on the third season now, right? Is yeah. that right? Uh, so the second, third season that, that fork in the road has been pretty well established. And yeah. now we're going off in our own direction. I like that. I mean, even in this season, they still tie it to things that actually happened in our oh, uh, timeline. Yeah, agreed. But agreed. they get to things in different ways, which I find yep. like, fascinating. And I, and I like seeing how it intersects and moves apart. And I just think that this is a triumph of television and television writing. I, I think it's just superb. And if you have not seen For All Mankind at all, you have a real treat because there's three seasons that you can binge and you're going to yep. love it. 
Yeah, I give it probably my highest recommendation. It's it's really, really good. Uh, I want to recommend James Hoffman's YouTube channel. James I have Hoffman no idea is, who this is the nerdy coffee guy that you may have seen around the internet. He is a British guy. He's absolutely charming and hilarious. I've been following him on social media for a while, but never actually watched his YouTube videos. I don't know why. Uh, but he did a video about the Makita coffee machine. So Makita, who make drills and like power tools, made a coffee machine. <laughs> Casey watched this video. Uh, yeah. It has maybe the best Squarespace ad that has ever existed. Oh, in the middle of on, it, you've you've got some pretty good Squarespace ads in your in your repertoire, my friend. Look, trust me, it's nothing <laughs> like what I do. Okay. Uh, I am so jealous of YouTubers for the way that they can present things sometimes, mm-hmm. but I know the hassles that they have to go through to get things to be this way, and I like to do things my way. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, I and he's so funny and entertaining. Casey, I think you would enjoy it. You could just watch some of his videos, not the ones where he's like telling you about the best grinder, but you could watch maybe a video where he drinks coffee from the 1950s just to see his reactions. Like, it's fun. <laughs> and I want to make this a trifecta of places where I'm recommending a book. I've This will be the third podcast this week where I recommend After Steve, which is the uh, Trip Mickle book that came out recently. Is it good? Because I was yes. not impressed by his appearance on the talk show, to be honest with you. I didn't listen to that okay. episode because I thought I wasn't interested in the book, so I didn't listen to the episode. Okay, well, I, I, he did not, to me, he, he came across as someone who, like, it's the typical, like, gatekeeping. Now, I'm guilty of gatekeeping, but, oh, I, I don't know anything about Apple. I'm going to swoop in and write a book like I know everything after having well, studied them for 10 minutes. And, and I'm not saying that's true, but that's how it came across. I don't, I mean, I can't speak for how he came across. This is, I'm, like, halfway through the book. This is, for me, maybe the best or second best book about Apple that I've read. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I'll give it a because shot Because he is very well sourced. Incredibly okay. well. There are pieces of information that I'm getting from this book that I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know this. Like one of the biggest Hmm. revelations in this book is, did you know after the Apple Watch was released, Johnny Ive became a part-time employee? I don't think I knew it was then. We didn't know that. When they announced that he became chief design officer, Mm -hmm. that was to hide the fact that he was burnt out and going part-time. Right? I didn't know that. No. Like yeah. there were stories about the fact that he was at the construction site more and there were stories that he was taking meetings at home more, but the reason for all of that is that he didn't want to be a full-time employee at Apple anymore. That was the huh. start of him leaving. He had actually told Tim Cook according to this book that he wanted to leave and they came <laughs> to an agreement that he would go part-time. Well, that, that is news. All right, I'll give it a shot. Also, I don't know if you know this because I didn't know this. This book isn't just about Johnny Ive. It's also about Tim Cook. I thought this book was just about Johnny yeah, Ive. It's about both of them. And he alternates chapter to chapter about their story. Because all of the the excerpts were, seem to have been about Johnny. And I don't think that, that those excerpts do a good job of uh, telling the story that this book is telling. I think it's so good, man. I'm I'm like engrossed by it well i'm glad you said that because again based on the talk show appearance i was not impressed and i haven't yet heard your other uh two recommendations because i'm a little behind on well i'm actually quite a bit behind on everything but uh no i'll, I'll check it out and uh, definitely give it a read and this was alex cox also suggests recommends this book they texted me and said 
I agree with what you're saying about this book. And then also recommended I Read Small Fry, which is uh, by Steve Jobs' daughter. Well, Lisa or a different one? This was this was Lisa's book. Okay. Lisa mm-hmm. Brennan Jobs' book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's next on my list. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because they know. recommended that I read it if <laughs> I liked this one. Fair enough. Because I agree with... Uh, Alex Alex has said to me that they hadn't really heard a lot of people talk about it and that's true because I, di- I didn't read it and now I want to read it so I'm going to read mm-hmm. it so that's next for me yeah I'll put that on the list now are you consuming this as text as audiobooks audiobooks baby because reading is for nerds <laughs> well I'm, I'm a super nerd then but I take your point <laughs> you're a bunch of nerds with your books yeah that's me super nerd um, no I, I totally hear you oh and actually a semi real time follow up uh, I was reminded, in, in and now I want to ask you, Severance or For All Mankind, if you had to pick just one? Severance is just had one season. Yes, but I mean, it could given fall what apart. you know. That show okay, is fair. awesome, but it could fall apart significantly. Like, there hasn't been enough of it for me to judge the two of them against each other. Like, okay, I think I body of work-wise, I would go For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. But For All Mankind has not had a better season than season one of Severance. Yeah, okay. I can I can understand that. I don't know. I right. just, Severance I, I is really good. I would say this good. season of For All Mankind, by the time it is all wrapped up, very close Ooh. to contending with it, I would say. Ooh. But I don't know. I, do, I can't tell you right now if it hit that height. Hmm. Oh, I just wanted to know because I've forgotten that Severance existed, to be honest with because you. Because I, I just wanted to make sure that you were aware in case you weren't aware. I've seen for all of... I've seen all of For All Mankind. Yes, I've yes, seen the finale. I've seen all of it. I can't yes, tell you this. about it. I am under embargo, but uh, yeah. I've you've seen it. This, you've mentioned this four times on this very have program, Have I mentioned sir. it? Did I mention that I have it? Can I tell you about my job when I was a kid in high school and what happened every afternoon when the kids got him out of school? You mentioned it on this program a few times is what I'm saying. You, mm-hmm. I didn't know that beforehand. I assumed I missed something where you te- when you talked about it, but no. I, I just wanted mentioned- to make sure that you knew. I felt like no, it was no. important to me that you knew. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I know. I'm very <laughs> jealous. Oh, it would be the same with Ted Lasso, too, when that comes What? Back. Oh, and Severance. I'll also get that. Um, oh, yeah. you suck. Are you serious or are you just trolling me right now? I'm being deadly serious with you. All right, we're going to have to have a chat after the program. All right, goodbye, everyone. We Bye. have to get in a fight now. <laughs>